Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we are going through an introduction to the book of Matthew. If you've been listening the last couple of days, you'll know that we're doing an introduction to the gospel series. And as part of that series, we're starting with the first gospel in the New Testament, which is Matthew. So today really serves as an opportunity to give you an introduction to the book of Matthew. Yesterday, we talked about an introduction to the Gospels, the go- the genre of the Gospels. Before that, we talked about those silent years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So if you haven't already listened to those, I would encourage you to go back and, and go through those. But today, we're specifically talking about the book of Matthew. We know that the book of Matthew is the first of four Gospels that we're going to cover in this series. And that word gospel is really meaning good news. That's what the heart of the message is. And so the Gospels are essentially narratives, and they're called narratives because they're really four separate reports of the same true story of what happened in, to, and through the life of Jesus. So this book of Matthew doesn't just introduce the Gospels, but it also introduces the New Testament, and of course it introduces us to Jesus. The book of Matthew is typically understood to be written by Matthew, who was one of the original 12 apostles, although the book itself does not say that it's written by Matthew. Some of the other books will say who the author is. So it's technically anonymous, but it is generally accepted by the early church, and it was unanimous that it was written by Matthew. There's a close relationship between a lot of the content in the book of Matthew and the book of Mark. And of course, there's a close relationship with all of the Gospels, but specifically with the book of Mark. And we're going to explore more of that later. But it's important to remember that Mark was the testimony of Peter, and Peter had apostolic authority within the circle of the disciples. And so it's really normal that, or I guess expected, that Matthew would be referring to himself and to a lot of Peter's testimony because of Peter's proximity to Jesus. Matthew had proximity as well, but Peter had a really close relationship with Jesus, and he had this role of authority within that disciple teaching circle. So if you see some overlap, that that's I just wanted to point that out. So really, who is Matthew? The name Matthew means gifts of the Lord. But we know from other places in the scriptures, from specifically the book of Mark and the book of Luke, that he was also called Levi. And then he was also referred to as the son of Alphaeus. And so Levi was this tax collector who left his work to follow Jesus. And Jesus gives him the word Matthew, the gift of the Lord. I love that aspect. We're going to go into a lot of that much more in depth as we get going in this book. There's some characteristics that I think are really important to point out as we start to talk about the book of Matthew. You know, each of these authors had a different intended audience 
initially. And we talked in depth about that over the last couple of days. But Matthew's book was specifically written for a Jewish audience. And there's a couple reasons or ways that we know that. But some of the characteristics of this gospel, this gospel of Matthew, are I want to make sure that we're clear on. It was written within this early church period of history, possibly as early as A.D. 50. Now, some scholars would say it was even as late as A.D. 70, but realistically, it's pretty close to the time that Jesus lived. And we know that Matthew lived past the time of Jesus. And so he's one of those early sources that we know was reputable. And if you need more context around that, you can go back and listen to the episodes from the last two days where we talk about that, specifically the genre episode. But at this period of history, in the early church period, the church was largely still Jewish. And the gospel was only preached to Jews at the time. And so I guess you could say they were Jewish Christians or Christian Jews, but it was still largely this Jewish audience that had converted to Christianity after what they witnessed with the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. We know this if you go to Acts 11, verse 19, I'm going to read it for you. It says, now those who were scattered because of the persecution that took place over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, and they spoke the word to no one except Jews. So at this period of history, and we'll get to the rest of the Gospels, and we'll get to the rest of the New Testament eventually, but at this period in history, when Matthew was writing, he was especially writing to the Jews. I think that's important to remember. So either way, depending on if you believe that it was written around AD 50 or AD 70, what we want to emphasize is that there's this Jewish nature of Matthew's gospel, and it was likely written in either the Holy Land or some scholars believe in Antioch. And the reason why I lean more towards it being written in Antioch is because at the time, Antioch had a lot of Greek-speaking Jewish population, and it was also on the front lines of the mission to the Gentiles, which is something that we see emphasized at the end of the book of Matthew, and it's sometimes called the Great Commission. And so that evangelistic mission what I, I believe the way I read it and the way that I study it is something that Matthew is talking to this Jewish audience, this, these Jewish Christians to then go out and share this message. And it makes a lot of sense if it was written in Antioch. But either way, I think that information is relevant for us to understand that it was really Matthew talking to this Jewish population. So if I say Jewish, just so you know, as we're going throughout this study for the next, you know, month or two months, however long it takes us, that if I say Jewish, it's usually meaning this Jewish Christian audience. There's a lot of talk, and this is how we know that some of the ways that we know that this was a Jewish audience. There's a lot of talk about the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And in fact, the book of Matthew has more quotes from and references to the Old Testament than any other New Testament author. And then also, when we get into the lineage, which will probably be tomorrow, Matthew traces the lineage of Jesus from Abraham. And that's a little bit different than from some of the authors. Also, as Matthew is going through and he's referring to some of the Jewish customs, he doesn't explain them. Now, in the other Gospels that are speaking to a non-Jewish audience that are from other cultures, they explain the Jewish customs. But in the book of Matthew, 
they don't. And so that's part of the heart of what I do in the Bible studies, the She Hears Bible studies and Hearing Jesus podcast is I like to explain that Jewish culture because sometimes I think we miss it. But also Matthew uses a lot of Jewish terminology. And so, for example, you'll hear the words kingdom of heaven a lot, or, you know, in some of the other gospels, you'll hear the words kingdom of God. But in the Jewish culture, now remember, even though I'm saying Jewish, it's Jewish Christians, but they are still Jews at heart. In the Jewish culture, there was a reluctance to use the name of God directly because the Jews felt that that was a sign of disrespect. And so he uses phrases about the kingdom of God instead of saying the word God, he'll say the kingdom of heaven. So he uses those terms interchangeably, but that's another clue on how we know this was a Jewish audience. And then he talks about the kingdom of God twice as much as other gospel writers. So pay attention. The kingdom of God is mentioned a lot in Matthew's book. And then Matthew also emphasizes Jesus as the son of David a lot. And we know that that is something that's passed down from the Jewish heritage. And so we can see by the way that he writes, he has this working knowledge of various Jewish customs and debates that his audience would have known. And and one of the things you'll hear me say a lot on the podcast is while scripture was written for us, it was not originally written to us. And so that message, of course, is for us. But you have to remember that Matthew's original audience was a Jewish audience. And so when he refers to Jewish customs and Jewish debates, he's not going to explain them. And, you know, one example, I think when I was explaining this to my family or to, to my children, one of the examples I used was we live in rural Pennsylvania and where we live, we're about two miles away from a dam and it's a place it's part of a national or no i guess a state park not a national park but it's part of a state park and you can go and you can walk the dam and there's different pathways and there's different paths you can take and there's fishing holes and all that kind of thing if you live in our county or even in the surrounding counties if i reference the dam everybody knows what i'm talking about if i say hey meet me at the dam we're going to go for a walk at two o'clock nobody questions where the dam is but if you lived on the other side of the country, now a lot of my office, the cohorts that I work with in different places, they're on the other side of the country. I couldn't just say to them, oh, meet me at the dam. They would have no idea what I'm talking about. So if I was saying to somebody, meet me at the dam, it would be a clue to you that they live locally, or at least they're very familiar with the local region. I wouldn't have to under explain that to them because they already understood. That's what I'm saying when when I'm talking about how we know that this was a Jewish audience. There's so much of that in Matthew's book that he doesn't explain because he doesn't have to. They're already familiar with it. So just keep that in mind. If you may be questioning like, well, why would this not be explained? Or why would Matthew not talk about that? Or, you know, I think sometimes people get really hung up. They just say, okay, well, I'm going to take the word of God at face value. And what it means to me is what it means. Well, that's really dangerous because if I said to that person in Seattle, meet me at the dam, they might go to a different dam because that's what they're familiar with. And they might not realize that I'm talking about a different dam. So it, it, it you have to read scripture within the context of scripture and understand the audience that he was writing to at the time and how they would have received this information. That's important with all the scripture that you read, but I, I particularly want to point it out in the book of Matthew. Another thing I want to mention is the purpose. What is the purpose of this book? Well, Matthew wrote as an eyewitness. So this was an eyewitness account 
of the life of Jesus, which is powerful. And also he's writing to confirm to the Jews or to the, to the Jewish Christians that Jesus is their long awaited Messiah. And so what he does throughout the book is he shows how Jesus fulfills the Old Testament scriptures. And while all of the gospel writers do quote the Old Testament, Matthew includes a lot of references that are only found in the book of Matthew. And he goes to great lengths to drive home this point that Jesus is the fulfillment of these Old Testament predictions about the Messiah. And so as he's emphasizing the lineage from David, like we talked about earlier, and as he's emphasizing the kingship, what he's doing is he's revealing that it's God's kingdom was revealed in Jesus and it's lived out through Jesus. So two important points. Most of Israel at this point in history rejected Jesus and they refused to believe that he was their Messiah. And in all honesty, not a whole lot is different from then to now. But I think if you specifically were going to be witnessing or in a relationship with somebody that was Jewish, the book of Matthew would be a good place to start because Matthew spends a lot of time essentially proving that Jesus was this long-awaited Messiah. The problem is that the Jews at the time were expecting this great political or military leader. They were not expecting a spiritual leader. And so that brings me to my second point. At the end of this age, and I'm talking now, or in the future from now, and the last days, Jesus will come again in glory as the King of Kings. And at that point is when he's going to judge and rule the nations. And so this emphasis on the kingdom of God is to help them understand the kingship of Jesus. And so if you feel like, okay, Matthew, we get it. There's a reason why he's repeating himself over and over the kingdom of, of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, because he's trying to establish and show them he is the king, even if it doesn't look the way they thought it was going to look. And I think that is something powerful for us to remember as well. I think sometimes Jesus acts in a way that I don't expect. And I might have an expectation of how I want him to act or how I think he's going to act. And he does something completely different. And it's not what we want. It's what we need. The structure of the book of Matthew is important, too, that I want to point out, because there's an arrangement that is intentional and it has a, a bit of an artistic way that that Matthew writes and puts all of this together. You know, I used to just read the Bible and I was so confused and so overwhelmed with all the different books. And I didn't even realize that it was, you know, all these different books with all these different authors. And I would kind of read them all the same way and I would get so confused. And it wasn't until I started to really dive into the scriptures that I realized that there was a lot of literary skill. And of course, we know that Matthew was the one writing these words, but it was all inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so we see the way that this is put together in a really beautiful way. This gospel, Matthew's gospel, is written around five discourses, which were deliberate. And then there's five major narrative sections that are describing a lot of the miracles that Jesus did. And the goal of that is really to showcase his power which shows his authority, even over things like sickness and death, again, as a way to prove the kingship of Jesus, the authority that he has. And so all of the Gospels do this, but Matthew's book is the most ordered and systematic in the way that he accounts all of the teachings and the healing ministry, and especially things like deliverance. And so you're going to see a lot more of that in Matthew's Gospel than some of the other Gospels. And then 
when you're finishing up each of those sections, what you'll see and pay attention to this, and I'll try to point it out as as we go, he'll finish it up by saying, when Jesus had finished saying these things, or very similar words, depending on you know which version of the scriptures you're reading. And so that's our clue that that's the end of that section. And of course, we have an epilogue and a prologue, and it's all just woven together very beautifully. Matthew may have been modeling this after the Pentateuch, which were the first five books of the Old Testament. And it's very systematic the way that he does it. And of course, we don't know. He doesn't say that. But there is this sense of order the way that the Pentateuch was written. So it is possible that's what he was modeling after. The last thing I want to talk about is the larger audience. And so while Matthew was writing to a Jewish audience. I don't want you to think that what I'm saying is that means that it was only written for the Jews. It's not restricted. This gospel message is not restricted to just the Jews, even though that was his original audience. Because if you think about it through the book, he talks about the Magi who were non-Jews. He talks about them coming to worship baby Jesus. He talks about Jesus speaking about the field is the world, and he's referring to this world, this bigger world out there. He includes the Great Commission message, which we know is about the larger world. He reveals this cross-cultural and this worldwide scope of the good news of the gospel. And so what we know is that this is initially, it was a Jewish gospel with a universal message for believers, for the whole church. And I'm not just saying that local church there, but when I say the whole church, I'm meaning all of those people that would eventually follow Christ, including you and me. And so the early church, because of the way and how thorough Matthew was in his writing, the early church would actually use the gospel of Matthew as a way to train new Christians. And I love that. And I think it's something that we should do as well. It should be a practice that we adopt. The discourses that are included in the book contain the most complete blocks of material on the teaching of of Jesus during his time in Galilee and the end times. And so we're going to get into all of that. What we're going to do is we're going to systematically start going through chapter by chapter. I can't promise that we're going to do a chapter of day. We're going to be spirit led. And so if I feel like the Holy Spirit is leading me to park it for a little bit in a certain section, then that's what we're going to do. And so I would encourage you, if you want to start marking it off in your Bible, or if you want to keep track of what we've already written, we do have a Bible reading tracker that is available on our website. Yeah, I think it's like a dollar fifty. If you want that for free, you can go to our Patreon and you can get that for free as part of the Patreon group. But the reason why I have that is you can either use it digitally or you can print it out and put it in your Bible. Sometimes it gets hard to keep track of everything that we've read. And so I like to just keep that in there so I know where we're at. And so that's another free resource. If you're part of the Patreon group, it's a free resource available to you. And so if you didn't know, just real quick, I want to let you know before we pray that we do have a Patreon available where I keep lots of resources. So all the resources I mentioned in the show are kept there. All of the different prayers and things I I mentioned right are there. The journaling prompts that we do are there. We have a special Facebook group where I interact and I pray with you and uh, you can ask questions, all those kinds of things. And so the Patreon link will be in the show notes today. I think it's Patreon slash Hearing Jesus where you can find us. So I want to let you know that as we start studying through the book of Matthew, 
there will probably be questions that you have. And I will try to address some of the most common questions that people have, the questions that typically come up when we're teaching the book of Matthew. But if there are questions that you don't understand, again, that's a place to ask in the Patreon group on that Facebook page that we have where we interact with each other. You can ask questions of me or other people that follow along the show. And it's okay to ask questions. That doesn't mean you don't believe. It doesn't mean that you're doubting. It doesn't mean you're not a believer. I think for me in my own situation, I'm a question asker. When somebody presents information to me, I ask questions. That's amazing. That's part of this whole process is learning and growing because the goal of the Hearing Jesus podcast and everything that we do at She Hears is to help you know him and to make him known. So ask all the questions. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for my friends that have decided to go on this journey with us to dive deeper into the book of Matthew and the gospels as a whole. Lord, we thank you for the book of Matthew and the way that it introduces us to Jesus, the Jesus of the New Testament. Lord, I pray even right now for my friends that are excited that you would continue to fuel that excitement in them, that that they would crave your word. For those that maybe are a little reluctant or feeling overwhelmed, God, I pray for peace for them. Lord, for those that are questioning and seeking, God, I pray that you would make yourself known to them in a tangible way. Lord, I thank you for the way that you continue to use this platform in the lives of my friends. And I pray that you would help me to clearly hear you as we learn and we dive into this information together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, friends, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, friends, before you go, I want to make sure you know about our Patreon page. The Patreon page is really a place to gain all sorts of resources specifically for the Hearing Jesus podcast and the Hearing Jesus for Kids podcast. There's a specific and dedicated private Facebook group, which is a place for me to interact with you, to pray with you, to answer questions. I'd love it for you to join us there. And there's also another level that gives you the inside scoop on everything else that's going on. The journaling prompts are there. If you've been with us for some time, you know that I usually do journaling prompts that helps us get that information from the head to the heart. We have a downloadable daily prayer prompt that helps you get that information processed in a way that it affects your daily life. There's also a Bible reading tracker on there. There's bonus episodes, lots of things on an ongoing basis, a place where you can get all the resources to help you grow in your faith. And the second thing I want to mention to you is the Dawn app, which if you've never heard of that before, I have good news for you. I just recently recorded a series for the Dawn app and also did some writing for them. And it's a daily Bible study and prayer app that is completely free. The link for that is in the show notes. And then the last thing I'm super excited about, I want to tell you that we're going to start having opportunities for travel. This is going to look a couple different ways, depending on what you're looking for, but it's going to cover things like mission trips in-person retreats, and also eventually a Bible study trip to Rome. What I'm doing right now is I'm getting everybody's contact information so we can start communicating about what that might look like. So if you are interested in any of that, you can head to shehears.org for more information. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. 
You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.